0: Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. I want to start with some good news. This is something to shout about. I want to start with some good news. How many know that God is fully in charge? God is fully in charge. It's not the government or the politicians. It's not the woke army. It's not the screamers. It's not the crybabies. God is fully in charge. Amen? And so I, and I believe that God is going to work in and through his house in this hour. And this is what the Bible teaches us. And that God is not afraid. God isn't wringing his hands. God isn't worried about what's going on. He is fully in charge. And so this is why I want to run into the house of the Lord. Because he's going to work in the house of the Lord and through the house of the Lord. This is a special hour that li- we're living in. Do you know that? We're living in the very last times. But no need to be afraid or fret or worry or or you know cry. We just need to get into God's house and get with the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. But the house has to be a house of power. And when I say power, I mean things are happening. Things are happening. You might not feel it necessarily with goosebumps, but something's happening in the spirit realm. You're being deposited, you're being soaked. You're being changed. You're being delivered. Miracles are happening. And sometimes we don't even know all the different miracles that are taking place. And then you talk to somebody and you find out, wow, that happened? Yeah, this is what's happening. This is what's happening in my family. This is what happened in my marriage. This is what happened in my body where I was healed. But you have to be a part of a powerhouse. you got to be a part of a powerhouse. Church is not for weakness and brokenness and, 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 you know, barely making it. Church is to invigorate us, make us come alive, make us get on top of the situation and, and make us more than conquerors. Can you say amen? This is the word of the Lord. And in these last days, we, we need more than a surface religion. Now, I'm talking to us. In these last days, we need more than a surface religion. I thank God we have power in this house. I thank God when I just have a lukewarm surface thing that happens, we check in and check out, we punch our card. And check. I thank God we are part of a powerhouse. But it takes you to engage in that as well. And so I want us to turn in our Bibles to Isaiah, the second chapter. This is probably one of my most favorite verses in the Bible. But it is a verse for the now. It's a verse for right now. It's talking about the last days. So open up your phones, your Bibles, your whatever it is you have there. And uh, it says in Isaiah, the second chapter, in the last days, how many know we're in the last days? Amen? Does it have to get any crazier than this for you to say, hey, you know something? Seems like the end here. Seems like these are the last days. I don't know exactly how and when. It might be another 10 years. It might be another 100 years. I don't know. I hope it's not weird for another 100 years. Amen? I think the Lord could come with a mighty outpouring of his spirit of revival and change the earth. Amen? I I know that that can happen. I believe, like a lot of men and women of God, believe that there's another great outpouring, another great awakening that's coming before the end. I'll tell you, we need it. We need it. Because otherwise, we are on such a slippery slide and a cliff. But I thank God, for us, we can duck into a place that has power. And our eyes can be opened. And we can understand the deep things of what's actually happening. And here we're told in Isaiah, the second chapter, in verse two, it says, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple. Now, how many see this word Lord's apostrophe S? That's the possessive. It is, it is a, the temple belonging to the Lord. It is the Lord's temple. You know, it's, 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 not, it's not what we want and I want and, you know, what's cool and what's new and what's... It's the Lord's temple. I will build my church, Jesus says. Amen? My, as for my father's house, it will be called a house of prayer. It's his house. Amen? So he's there, and he's there in power. The mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above all the other hills, all the other hills that think they're big hills. The, the chief mountain is the Lord's house. Not politics, you know, not science. The mountain of science, trust the science. Do you even know science? You know, trust the science. Well, let me ask you, scientifically, when does life begin? Just tell me. I know you got so much science there. Tell me, when does life begin? Because I think I know. Amen? Tell me, you got so much science. Tell me, what is a woman? <laughs> Scientifically. You don't know? Nobody can answer. Uh, the same thing with the universities. Let me tell you something. Not just your children, but we are being indoctrinated. Amen? It's time for us to wake up. And I say, these are hills that are being exposed. The media is being exposed. Hollywood is being exposed for foolishness. Everybody that thinks they're such an expert are being exposed as fools. Culture, it's it's, it's, it's not a hill higher than the mountain of the Lord's temple. That is chief. Hollywood is not chief. The economy. You know, it's the banking. You better watch out. They're going to get rid of cash. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. The economy is not. It's just a hill that they're trying to say is the biggest hill. No, the Lord's house is the biggest hill. It's the Lord's house. And I'm trusting in God. And it says this. It's chief among the mountains. It'll be raised above all the hills and all nations will stream to it. Why? Because they're going to figure out these other hills are are not really hills at all. And many peoples will come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. We will hear the truth. We will hear commands. We will know what to do. We will follow the word of the Lord. Why? Because that is where it's being taught. That's where it's being spoken. That's where it's being prophesied. It's in the house of the Lord. So that we may walk in his paths, The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord, from Jerusalem. There is where I want to go. That's where I'm going to find truth. But I want you to know something, church. Our only hope is a powerful church. Our only hope is a powerful church. And you and I need to be part of it. It says this in Ephesians, the first chapter Just put this up, I'll read it. It says, and God placed all things under his feet, Christ's feet, and it appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Everybody say, the church. Church. Head over everything for the church, which is his body, the church, which is his body, the fullness of him. The church, which is his body, where are we? Which is his body the fullness of him who fills everything, who fills everyone. See, see, we are his body and we are filled with him. We are filled with everything that he brings. We are filled with the gifts. We're filled with the fruit. We're filled with the word. We're filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. We're filled with the fire. Everything that Christ has, he brings and he fills it in you and I, which are his church, the fulfillment of Christ. So here we stand. So can I tell you something? We are not a little church, timid, weak, broke, barely able to know what we even think about anything. No, no. We're, we're the church where the word of the Lord is, is flourishing and the fullness of Christ is in us. We were never designed to be run down, weak, barely making it, huddling as though we're under fierce attack. No. No? Can you say amen? Amen. Come on, are you getting this today? The church is designed to be a place of power on the earth and mighty men and women go in and out of it. This is the place where we hear the law, the Word of God. We get the truth and deliverance and we get the Spirit of God on us. And you know something? You don't even know it, but you're driving home and you're different. You're going into your workplace and you're different. I'm telling you, you are a peculiar people. You are different. There is the power of the Holy Spirit that is on you because you went to church and you participated, amen? You lifted your hands and worship came down and God started to fill you. There's something on you. Mighty man of God, mighty woman of God, we come in and we go out. We are the army that God is sending out. So there's two great needs that you have to have for your Christianity and your family to flourish and it is, number one, a powerful church, and number two, your very real connection to it. We need a powerful church. It doesn't do any good to have a church that just wants to try to get along. We're just going to sing a few nice songs. In fact, maybe even a couple of these songs the Beatles wrote. And, th- and then we're going to have a nice little sermon. No, we need a powerful church. It has to be real. The Holy Spirit has to be here. Angels ascending and descending. Amen? Amen has to be in the house of the Lord. And then number two, your very real connection to it. Because can I tell you something? This is the second half, and it might even be more important that you understand. It doesn't matter how powerful the church is if you're disconnected from it. If you're barely kind of in and out and a little bit of a surface, and I just kind of, you know, I, I, I move in and out, and then I'm here, and then I'm gone, and then, no, no. You have to be very engaged, very connected to it. For you and for your kids. And for your kids' kids. You have a heritage. Can you say amen? You're not designed to be barely making it and under attack. You're designed to be a mighty man of God. A mighty woman of God. We come into the house of God. We receive. We take it. We're strengthened. And we go and deliver it. In Ephesians it says this in the sixth chapter. To be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I love how Paul says, be strong in God's mighty power. The problem is not with him. He has mighty power. And then it says this, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. I want you to know, taking your stand is an offensive posture. It is not a defensive posture. And, and, and if you break down what this verse is really talking about, it is talking about a battle. It's talking about a battle where you take your stand against the devil's attacks. It says schemes here, but it's the attacks of the devil. And I remember uh, my wife and I, we went to uh, uh, our honeymoon up in uh, Niagara Falls when we were married back in, was about 100 years ago or so. And... Uh, we went out from our hotel that night, and we were up there at Niagara Falls. We went out from our hotel, and uh, we actually were going to take a, a long trip through all of Canada and so forth, just kind of just freelance and so forth. Back then, she was a lot more agreeable. Now she'd never go for that. <laughs> you know? She thought I knew what I was doing. But anyway, uh, we went out that night around 7 or 8 o'clock, and we're just walking through the neighborhoods, and we're walking outside the city, and just kind of, we were on this, uh, this side street with homes and so forth just kind of lovey-dovey and talky and kissy and all that kind of stuff. We were on our honeymoon. And, and, but all of a sudden, these four dogs, two big dogs and two kind of medium-sized dogs, come running at us, barking. <laughs> come barking at me. Now, first of all, I'm shocked because I don't think they really mean it, you know. But apparently, I don't know if we were in their territory or they were wild dogs. I don't know what happened. But anyway, so I kind of put my wife behind me just for a second because they were on us. And the dog goes to bite me. And he goes, and he goes, and I put my leg up. And now I'm still in shock because I can't believe this is happening. But but in one second, I went from being in shock to being really mad. You're gonna attack us? And so as I got the dog kind of shaken off of me, I went to grab it. But I think when I went to grab it, I also went, yeah, like that, you know. It was a little bit more than that. It was, uh it might have even been some things you don't say in church, I can't remember. This goes way back before I was really sanctified. But I went to grab the dog, it was, it was a big dog. And the, the dog darted from me and another one was coming in. I went to grab it, I wanted to get a hold of these dogs. And both dogs, they were the bigger ones, at the same time decided this ain't the guy. They're, that's, this isn't, they're, they're fine, these people are fine. I wonder if in the day, and the age we're living in, is anybody mad? Is anybody, has anybody got any emotions about what's going on here? I need you to throw your family behind you and say, this ain't, I'm going to take my stand here. And can I tell you, it's not going out there and wagging your finger at everybody. It's getting into the house of the Lord and saying, as for me and my house, we're going to have the power of God on us. We're going to have the protection of God on us. I'm going to take my stand. I'm not going to be mealy mouth. I'm not going to be lukewarm. I'm not going to be surface religion. I'm not just going to try to punch my card for church. I need to be a man of God. I need to be a woman of God. I need my family to have the power of God in it. And you don't have to be legalistic with your kids and, and, and give them a thousand rules. Just be a man of God, and it'll get on them. Can you say amen? It says this, therefore put on the full armor of God. I want you to get a picture of what this guy looks like. He's got on a helmet, he's got on a breastplate, he's got on a belt of truth, he's got on greaves and, 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 and soldiers' boots and a sword. I mean, this guy is... One handsome-looking dude with all the armor of God on. He's not messing around. Come get some. Here, taste a little bit of this sword here. So that when the day of evil comes, how many think that perhaps the day of evil is on us? Where people call good evil and evil they call good. It's not coming on me. It's not coming on my kids. It's not coming on my house. When the day of evil comes, I'm gonna take my stand. I'm gonna have on the full armor of God. I'm not gonna have, you know, a a, a few little, you know, you know, trinkets. Here, I'll use this laser, that'll blind. No, I'm gonna have on the full armor of God. Amen? So that you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, stay standing. Can you say amen? In Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews is talking about the men and women of God in the Old Testament. He says this, who through faith. And I want you to understand something. You have to have faith. It's not enough to just be legalistic. It's not enough just to, like I say, to punch your card. You have to have faith. It was through faith they conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised. I I want what was promised. Well, you got to have faith in. No, no, I just want to say it. I just want to learn about it. I just want somebody to teach me about it. No, you got to have faith if you're going to gain what's promised. Can you say amen? amen? Who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle. That's you. Hey, that's you. That's your wife. That's your husband. Powerful in battle, in routed foreign armies. Your kids are gonna look at you and say, That's my mom. Powerful in battle. Something gone wrong, call my mom. She'll pray. Call my dad. He'll pray. They'll lay hands on you. They'll pray. I want my grandchildren to look at me as though I'm somebody who's powerful in battle. Not, yeah, and my grandpa, you know, he's, he's old and he wears a flannel shirt and he st- smells a little bit like he's been working in the garden. That's my grandpa. <laughs> Come on, I'm talking about you. Not lukewarm. You know, there's many warnings in scriptures, especially about the last days where there'll be a great falling away. People will be consumed with every weird, you know, distraction. I pray it's not us. Those two things go back to them. The church must be powerful and you must be in the middle of it. You got to be in the middle of it. You can't be on the side. You can't think church is a good idea. It can't just be a little thing that you, you know, kind of stir up every, every now and then. For your family's health, for your children's health and salvation, your kids will never be radical in a lukewarm family. Your kids will never be serving God in a lukewarm family. Your source of freedom and healing and power will be in a powerful house, but you've got to be in the middle of it. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Now, what does this mean in practical terms, especially in the last days? Can I say this? <clears throat> we come into the house of the Lord. Sunday is an awesome day. Sunday is the biggest day. It's a big day. You've got to prepare for it. You know, in the Bible, well, first of all, it's a whole day. You know, the, the, the Sabbath, the Lord's Day was a whole day. We wanna get in and out. Give me an hour and 15 minutes, let's get in and get out. But, but, but it was never like that in the Bible. In fact, the day before the Sabbath was called the day of preparation where they would get ready for that day. They had to get all their act together. For us, it would be Saturday. Like, we're gonna get our act together because Sunday is coming and it's a big day. Come on, let me yell at you here a little bit. Sunday is not a beach day. I don't care how hot it is out. It's not a beach day. You might go to the beach, but only because, eh, you know, I want to go there and worship the Lord. It's not a family day. It's not a day off. It's the Lord's day. Apostrophe S, the day belonging to the Lord. Can you say amen? You know, uh, we should make a big deal. Sunday should be a big deal. Should be a big deal. But it's not to us. Something else is always bigger. Let me me give you an example. Could you picture the dad gathering everybody together and saying, okay, kids, here's what we're going to do. Today, we're going to go to church, and then we're going to go get pancakes. And everybody says, pancakes. (laughs) All right, guys, listen. Today, we're going to go to church. Then we're going to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Can't go to Chick-fil-A, they're not open on Sunday. They have it better than us. We think Kentucky fried chicken is it. We can't go to Chick-fil-A because they somehow are honoring the day or whatever. Come on, that's good. What we should be saying, and not necessarily in words, but what we should be saying is we're gonna go to church and the hand of God is gonna come on your mother and your father, and the power of God is gonna go through us. And our sons and daughters will prophesy. Our young men will see visions and dreams. That's what's going to happen. Your mother's going to get healed. Your father's going to get delivered. Can you say amen? Amen. And you're going to go do whatever it is you do in children's church. and, And I know it's an awesome thing, but guess what? We're driving home in the car, and the Holy Spirit is in the car. Because we didn't go to some lukewarm thing and hear a fancy story about something, we got filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? This is what it means in practical terms, not to be lukewarm. I want to give you two quick things here. Worship must be powerful. Worship must be powerful, and you have to be in the middle of it. Worship is not singing songs. Worship isn't singing songs. Worship is seeking God. See, my heart is hungry. I want to touch the Lord. I need to touch the Lord. And sometimes we think worship is these people singing and us kind of appreciating it. But that's not worship. Worship has to be powerful. And I think us as a worship choir, we got to let these people up here know we want it to be powerful. It's awesome when it's powerful. I love today how we just kept going on and on and just worshiping the Lord. At the end of the song, we just kept going on and on. And, and, and we love it. Amen. We're out there amening this thing. Keep going. It's powerful. And I want to be right in the middle of it. I want God to come down. We're standing in an awesome place where angels are ascending and descending, and the Spirit of the Lord is there. The fullness of Christ is filling us with everything for every occasion. It's a powerful thing, and I'm worshiping the Lord, and I'm praising His name, and I'm shouting out glory to God in the highest. I'm joining the angels that are in heaven. It is a very powerful thing, and you're in the middle of it. You're in the middle of it. That's why... You don't want to be late for worship. You don't want to just kind of have it, you know, get, get you know, something I'm going to get through. Let's listen to the preaching. No, no. Worship is powerful. Let it be powerful to me. Can you say amen? I need to engage in it. I need to engage in it. Let the presence of Jesus fall on me like he fell on the day of Pentecost. Fall on me, Lord. I need you, God. We're living in the last days and this was a weird week, God. I know I got all kinds of junk all over me and on me just from living in the world, but I come here to be washed and cleansed, to lift up your name, God. And I need you to touch me, Lord. I'm hungry, God, to just to receive it. I'm like the woman with the issue of blood. I gotta press through the crowd and touch you, Lord. I need this to be powerful. My family can't afford to have a little God and a little word, and a little singing, and a little weakness, and a little timidity. I, my family can't afford that right now. I need a mighty God to touch me in a mighty way. Because we're living in a day where the, the world is about to be swallowed up in darkness, and this is real, I come to church and ask you, God, to touch me fully. And secondly, the preaching must be powerful. Now this is important for us to understand. Because the the preaching can be powerful. But again, you might just be hearing on a surface level, not realizing this is a prophetic word from the Holy Spirit to you. The the unique thing about preaching is it's only half-baked. It's kind of chunky. It's not really pureed. It's not really fully digested for you. You have to take it in, in chunk form, and you have to ingest it. You know, um, in the book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, I believe it was Paul, said said that the people in the Old Testament heard the same gospel we are hearing, but they failed to mix it by faith. It profited them nothing. Sometimes we come to church and we hear a word, we're not getting a thing out of it because we're distracted with all kinds of other things that's going on in our life. And the person next to us is weeping and getting touched and delivered and set free. What's the difference? One is one is receiving. One is receiving it by faith, and the other one is distracted, and it's just kind of going right over my head. I'll tell you something. Worship, I mean, uh, preaching is chunky by design. You are not going to get what it is you need to get unless you are taking it and digesting it yourself. I'm receiving it. I don't necessarily know exactly when or how the Word is going to touch me, but every time I come to church, I know God is going to speak to me. And I don't know exactly when, or, when it's going to happen, but, but it has to be powerful. It has to be the Word of God. Right, right. I'm not going to get touched when somebody's telling me some story that's 20 minutes long about how they played basketball when they were six years old. It's a wonderful little illustration. Took 20 minutes of our time and did nothing for me. Come on, Pastor, don't be cynical here. I can't help it. It has to be the Word of God. I want to hear the word of God. I want you to teach the word of God. Like I, I was thinking about last week and Pastor Jordan was talking about, I'll tell you something, he is an incredible feeder of this flock. But the message is gonna, amen. We, we're, we're blessed. I don't get any dip, deeper revelation from anybody I talk to than, I, when, than when I talk to Jordan. And he'll, he will take it to another level and it's all of a sudden, it's like, wow, I read that verse a hundred times. I never saw that there. It's really awesome. It's really awesome. But last week he talked about compassion. And I'll tell you, you can, you can sit there and say, yeah, I know, you know, I should be more compassionate. Or you can take hold of it and say, God, what are you saying? Where Where is this word? What, 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 what does it mean, God? What does it mean to me? Is there, is there a depth there that I need to, I need to take it and I need to digest it? Because I'll tell you, by design, preaching is only half there. The other half is you taking it and saying, God, I need this word. I need this word, God. Speak it to me. I want to amen it. When we say a, 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 a quiet church is a dead church, we're really meaning, are you getting this? Preaching has to be powerful. It says in 2 Timothy, preach the word. Preach the word. The word of God. Preach the Old Testament. Preach the prophets. Preach the Psalms. Preach the, the New Testament. Preach the epistles. Preach the word of God. I don't want to hear some story. I don't want to hear some positive thing. You can do it. You're amazing. You look so good. Turn and tell the person next to you. You can make it. You can do it. You're so good. Come on, everybody. Tell t- we're going to hand out cards later. It says, you're amazing. You're amazing. Take that home. Put it on your fridge. Every time you get down, look at that word. It's not in the Bible, but I'm just saying it's a good one. <laughs> preach the word. Let it be powerful. you got to tell the pastor, pastor, preach powerful. We need to hear powerful words. In season and out of season, Correct. This is amazing because the Holy Spirit is telling Timothy, correct my children. How many people do you give permission to correct your children? Huh? How many people do you give permission to correct your own kids? Sometimes I step in there, my my, my son will be there and his kids are acting up and doing something crazy and I'll start yelling. Then I think, oh, wait a second, I'm not the dad. (laughs) No, go ahead. But God tells Timothy, I want you to correct my children. And I'll tell you something, church. We have to say, I need correction. Amen? Amen? I need to be corrected. I need to be back on track. Even rebuke with love and courage. With all patience. The King James says, with all diligence and careful instruction. And then what happens is we take the word. It's powerful. We take it. And that week, God begins to put it into us. And what happens with the Word of God is it starts to become illuminated to us. Now, all of a sudden, I'm seeing situations where I need to be compassionate. This thing is coming alive to me now. I can see where the Word of God is changing me. During the week, I'm getting revelation about it. It's becoming illuminated. And then I become a deputy. I become somebody that begins to Outwork, compassion. I become a Christian that actually has compassion. This is what happened in church, and now it's outworking in my life during the week, and it is a powerful thing. So we we come here as men and women of God. We have the powerful worship, the powerful preaching. Something happens in our lives, and then as we go out, God begins to use us in all the different situations as deputies for the word of the Lord. Paul says this to Timothy in chapter 2, verse 2, it says, And the things that you've heard from me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men who will be able to also be qualified to teach others also. So in other words, what, you heard, what you've heard in the house of the Lord, take it with you and say it again. You have to get it in you. I have to understand it. I have to, I have to engage in this word. And as I do, it starts to work out through my life. I need powerful preaching. One last verse here, and I'm going to close. It says this in Hebrews For the word of God is living. It is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. I'll tell you, in these last days, church, we need the word of God to divide asunder. I need to be able to discern what's going on. I have to be able to be that, that man, that guardian in my house that knows the word of God, that knows what's acceptable and what's not, it knows what can come in my house and what can't. The dividing of sunder of soul and spirit in the joints of Maryland is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. I'll tell you, one sermon can change your whole life. One verse can change your whole life. That's if you're under powerful worship and under powerful preaching, God can do an amazing thing with you And through you. This house has power. The people in this house have power. Can you say amen? And you and your family can have power. Can be protected. Can be safe. Living in these last days. I tell you we need a powerful church. And we need the people of God to come in and say this is for me. I don't want to be on the surface. I don't want to just be dabbling a little bit. I don't want to barely squeeze in Sunday. I want to have I want to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I want to have an encounter with God. I need to be changed. I need to have the power of God in my life. We're buffeted by fear. We're buffeted by anxiety. We're buffeted by confusion. And a lot of this stuff is just an attack of the devil, confusion. Upside down. Calling evil good good evil, anxiety, depression, sadness, all attacks from the devil. And he comes and he tries to distract you with trying to be like them in Hollywood or them, trying to be like the others. You gotta, you gotta aspire to something that's like that. I'm, I'm so open. You don't know me. I'm so open. No, I'm not. I'm open to the Word of God. I'm not open to every other thing. But I need the Lord. And I need it to be powerful. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.